self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am so fucking tired of 2020 also known as calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful episode you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at red underscore calamity. Also, we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, conversationconartists, and send it to us that way. Do we have one? No, no letters. Okay. So Colin's supposed to send us something. We're going to have to get to that next week. Um, you know, coronavirus, keeping people on inconsistent schedules and stuff. So, you know, we'll hear from our boy next week. All right. Well, I do have some Reddit posts. Um, but before I do that, <coughs> excuse me, um, I have a rabbit problem. A rabbit problem? Yes. Okay. Like... So when I moved into this house, like I knew I was gonna have to keep the grass cut. You know, I knew there were house shit that I was gonna have to do. What I didn't realize in that being in a home, even if you don't own the home, is that it's shit that comes with that that you might not have planned for. So my house is some woods, the backyard does, and I have an infestation of fucking rabbits. And I wouldn't care except for the fact that they're shitting. In my yard. And one of my dogs is eating the shit. Because I guess he thinks it's chocolate. Your dog does not think it's chocolate. Your dog know that that shit. Why is he eating it then? Your dog ain't a human. Your dog don't even know what chocolate is. If you've been a good owner. He doesn't and you have to have been. Because you don't eat chocolate. So, no. <laughs> so even if. You ate chocolate. If your dog knew what chocolate was, you're a horrible person. <laughs> because your dog would die from eating chocolate. So your dog lives by his nose. Your dog knows good and goddamn well that ain't no food. Then why is he eating it? And I, I Googled it. It's not going to kill him. It's not going to hurt him. It's just gross. It's just really gross. You because miss, I like, know I'm putting human qualities on a dog. I know, but it's still gross. You talk about conceptual shit as being a big problem. That's not a problem. Are you you finna become a rabbit murderer because of this? I'm not gonna kill the little rabbits. I gotta figure out a way to keep them from fucking getting in my yard, though. You're not gonna stop them from getting in your yard. I see where they're getting in at. I'm gonna buy some chicken wire and put up there. No, you should buy a a, a trip trip wire mine. I'm not killing the rabbits. I'm not booby trapping my yard because my dogs are dumb and one of them would get caught in the booby trap. You're right. <laughs> He's going to get his fucking whole front paw <laughs> blew off fucking with your ass. <laughs> so now, we're not going to do that. That would be bad. Um, oh, That's not a problem. It's just irritating. It's very irritating. Oh, sorry, my sister was just 
text me because she does that. Anyway, on to the Reddit post. Um, let's see. Let's do. You want to do the narcissist? You want to do the dom? Or you want to do um sex tape? Sex tape. Of course, you want to do sex tape. <laughs> you right. Okay, so the title of this is Called Off My Wedding with Fiance After Finding Out She Had an Old Sex Tape Online Confused as What to Do Next. That is the title. <laughs> mm. So he's 27 and his fiance is 26. I've been with my fiance for two years. We had basically a fairy tale relationship and it was like living a dream. We didn't argue much, we resolved issues perfectly and had great sex. I knew she had been with several people before, but she was my second. I am somewhat conservative in my beliefs regarding sex. I am extremely skeptical of the hookup culture, for example, and tend to have heavily associated with romantic feelings. My fiance had a past, but it never bothered me because our present philosophies aligned. I thought she was the one and recently proposed, but something recently came up. In the past, when I first started seeing my fiance, one of my friends made a comment that she reminded him of a girl he had seen in a porn video. It was a weird thing to say, and I shut him down at the moment, but he brought up this topic again when he found out I was actually going to get married to her. He told me that while he didn't push it that day, he was pretty sure that it was her. He said it wouldn't. he wouldn't have approached me about it, but the thought that I might know and didn't want to intrude on my personal space, especially after I so aggressively dismissed him that day. He also wasn't very sure how serious we were. Anyways, I decided to casually bring up the topic with my fiancé, making it sound more like a joke than an accusation to my surprise. She broke down crying and started begging me not to call off the engagement. She came clean and told me that she had made a sex tape with one of her hookups a little before she met me and that they did post it online. A juvenile stupid mistake. Supposedly she would have told me after we got a little closer, but she realized I am pretty conservative about sex and did not want to risk losing me over um, that she attached to me real quick. I told her I needed time to think it over and that I want to call off our wedding for now. Fast forward to now I'm getting calls and texts from her and her friends about how I'm being misogynistic, how fragile my male ego is, couldn't handle that my fiancé had been with other people, that I'm an outright dick for even letting this affect our relationship. Honestly, these remarks make me feel even more alienated towards her. It is one thing to hide a secret from me for so long, one that she definitely knew was important to me. I'm extremely liberal when it comes to sex. I don't expect everyone to be like me, but if course... But, of course, my preferences do matter. I find it tough to digest the fact that thousands have seen my partner having sex with another man. Still can. And that's only half the issue, though. I might have been able to get over this if not for the gaslighting from her and her friends. Of course, I'm going to be pissed at such a thing being kept secret until after I marry the woman. I'm really confused as to what I should do. Man. This is stupid to me. <laughs> Why is it stupid? Like, okay, what impact does the sex tape actually have on your uh, feelings about her? He well, identified but, the yeah. whole relationship as some good shit. 
basically. Hey, all this good shit, this thing that happened in her past impacting my desire to want to marry her. Well, so one, he is he said several times how conservative he is about sex. So she knew this was going to be something that he was going to have a fucking problem with. And she still decided not to tell him. They've been together for two years and she knew that this was a possibility that it was going to come up. So no, fuck that. His goddamn conservative ass about sex, having sex with her, his goddamn self. They ain't married. They're not. But she's only the second person he's at. So he says, the second person he's had sex with. I mean, that's pretty conservative for him to be, what I say, 27 and he's only had two sex partners and he's a man. No offense. But should have looked for a goddamn virgin to have sex with. That's what he should have looked for. Well, maybe it's the fact that she knew and didn't tell him and all this stuff. Like, she didn't bring it up. She gonna wait two years until he comes to her and says something about it. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that shit happened. If you know, <laughs> if the dude you were dating had a sex tape, would he need to tell you right up front? And would that impact y'all's relationship moving forward? I mean, I don't have that. My views on sex ain't that conservative. So I would think it was fucking weird, but I... My Man, I, outlook on sex isn't gonna. I have a different outlook than the dude does. It, it ain't no reason to bring up your old sex shit to a new person, especially no dude. I mean, you that's you just don't know the outcome. What the outcome is gonna be in that situation? Well, her not saying anything has now lost her a fiance. He even, and then her friends sending him messages and shit talking about he misogynistic and shit. He even married that girl. That's See, that's my problem on that's that's my problem on the other side. You know, all that extra shit, like just shut the fuck up. Let this man come to his shit and go for it. You know what I'm saying? And and just deal with whatever the output is on that. But all of that extra shit saying he misogynistic and all this stuff, listen, he don't gotta accept her bullshit. He don't want to. He don't have to. If he identify her shit as bullshit, he don't have to fucking accept it. But don't get your dumb ass on Reddit talking about some what should I do. You should go move the fuck on with your life. <laughs> Damn, you are the one that made this fucking rule. You are the one that decided that I'm not going to be with her. I can't be with her because she have a sex tape. Okay, well, she's going to go fuck some more people and make some more sex tape now and find somebody that ain't as conservative <laughs> and have a good ass fucking life with her. Because your dumb ass can't get over your own bullshit. <laughs> talking about he conservative, but he fucking. <laughs> Come on, man. Conservative doesn't mean that you're a virgin. Look. He just, and she, look, it wasn't even somebody that she was in a relationship with. This is somebody she hooked up with, and they was like, let's make a sex tape and put it online. Like, what? Look, man, it might even be, maybe it wasn't, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, she told him it was a hookup that they just decided to put it online. You know what? It's crazy, because what if she, like, okay, it was a hookup. What if she only had four partners and of those four partners she put a sex tape out with one is that like that that, that shouldn't impact the conservativeness of it like that that don't mean like i would feel you should have a bigger problem with her having a hundred body can a hundred bodies versus well, having a, a sex tape out we're not gonna sit up here and act like men don't already have an issue when it comes to the partners that their women have. And for him to have a partner who at least one, he know for sure of his friends has watched her have sex because he saw the tape. And the fact that anybody in his life can look her up and look at her having sex 
a lot of men will have a problem with that. It ain't just him. Like a lot of men, I feel like, will have an issue with their girlfriend, fiance, having a sex tape with some nigga that ain't them. I feel like a lot of men will have a problem with that. And his friend came to him, and his friend had already watched it. That's weird. <laughs> That's why I feel like it's irrational for him to expect her to just come out and say, hey. Like, he's saying that I'm just now finding out two years later, like, if she would have said that shit at the beginning, that he would have been okay with it. Man, no. Shut the fuck up. This nigga is saying, giving a whole bunch of reasons why this shit couldn't have been no better. The problem is he got some garbage ass ideas and some garbage ass thoughts about how he's supposed to deal with something. At the end of the day, if you want to lose out on something good because of some uh, outdated thoughts that even like the only thing about it is the only problem he has is that people that he don't know that he don't even know is actually doing it could see his girl having sex or his wife having sex. Well, people that he know can see that shit, too. Again, his, his friend was the one that brought it to him. Okay, so I guess they know she a good fuck. Jesus. <laughs> what? He said it. He ain't said it like I said it, but that's what he said. The sex is great. Motherfuckers don't get great sex by sitting in the basement having vanilla sex every day. Sometimes they got them put a sex tape out. I cannot. I wonder if he went to go look at the sex tape. I'm sure he did. Mm-mm, shouldn't do that. I'm sure he did. And that, I mean, again, I... Like, yep, that's her. I'm not going to sit up here and act like he would be... I don't even think it has any... It, could, it does have something to do with his conservative viewpoints. I feel like most men, most men that that... Even if you knew... Even if you didn't have conservative views on sex, I feel like a lot of men who proposed to a woman and then found out that their friends been watching her have sex online and they ain't even know she had sex tapes out there would be upset about that shit. I don't feel like that's specific to him. I think a lot of men, because men in general <laughs> do not like to think, they'll fuck all day for 27,000 women. They do not want to think about the person that they're with having sex with anybody else. It's very well, difficult the, for the well, male the, ego. Well, the problem in this is his conservative views. That's the problem. It ain't the problem about her past because you know what? She gonna meet the next person and have a sex tape still and he may find out. He may have even seen it and their relationship gonna be fine because she offer all of this shit that he want in that relationship. Or this it might man, not be. He might have... You, you, so you telling me you don't think that there are men who would be upset with her about that even after this guy? You think men, most it's, of the, men, it's men in the hood right now who with a woman who she know who he know whose dick she was sucking before him. Yeah. Like that's that's common. That's happens. Like we can't pretend like see men want to be kept in a perpetual state of fantasy about their women because our society done uh, convinced us that virginity means something. It they done convinced us that if you know she the less body she have, the less hair she done gave, the less dude she done been with, it make her more valuable somewhat for you. It does. I mean that's bullshit. You know, I'm sorry, man. Your women was fucking. Your women was giving head. Your women was getting skeeted in. Um, skeeted on. Your women was doing stuff being really freaky and really different. Your women have done something with other men that she probably ain't going to do with you because she didn't like it. Your woman's going to come to you with trauma from other men that you got to overcome some stuff from because it happened. I'm sorry. 
that's just how it is. If you want to live in a perpetual state of fantasy, thinking that your goddamn woman ain't been with nobody, ain't done nothing, may not have made a sex tape, then fine, go for it. But it's going to create situations like this with you if you can't walk past their fucking ex in Walmart and not get into your fucking head about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just what it is, all right? And if you have a problem with that, um, in spite of her giving you everything that you need, he said she gave me everything I need. But his issue is the conceptual idea that other people can see her having sex with uh, uh with another dude. I mean, she gonna marry somebody. She Every is. man ain't gonna, gonna be gonna like, be like she gonna she gonna get with somebody. She is. Well, she I'm is. saying I'm saying that to say we can't say that uh, you keep saying that oh, you know, you you know men got this pr- Problem? Yeah, men got this problem, but somebody gonna marry her, and it's gonna somebody be is. She gives some. Good I wasn't head. saying. I wasn't saying that to say that all men would have a problem with it, but I do feel like more men would have a problem with it than they would be cool with it. Yeah. So I'm I sure mean, she'll get married, but she gonna go through some shit to get there, probably. Or maybe not. Maybe her next dude will just be like, "Oh shit, you made a sex tape, me too." Like I don't know. Yeah, like I don't record twenty bitches. Giving me head. What I look like? <laughs> what I look like having a problem with you being on tape? So I mean, it is what it is. Sorry, brother. <laughs> Did this to yourself. Go find you somebody and ask her if she got a sex tape out before you get your relationship started. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna move on to the dom. He's that was not irritating. Dom, I just huh? That was irritating. It was irritating. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's like you identify that you got everything you want in a person and literally this thing that don't impact the current relationship. I mean, I guess it impacted the relationship in the sense that it impacts his brain so much that his dumb ass can't look at the relationship as normal now. But that's his problem, man. That's his problem. I mean, listen, there are things we've talked about. Like, there are things that I can find out about my significant other that would make me be like, whoo. <laughs> that happened before me that I would just be like, <laughs> I have some trouble with that. I don't know if I would call off, but it depends. I guess it depends. On I really, you know, a part of me don't feel like the relationship can be as good as he's saying it is. I feel like he doing that shit for flair. No, I think because you look at the way that you view things, you put it in a, okay, if I have all of this, then this one thing doesn't matter. I think because you view it that way, you can't understand somebody that would have this straw that broke the camel's back, as it were. Like, I get it. Because there are some things that everything could be going cool, and I will be like, "Mm." (laughs) mmm. Mmm. Know about you, that. Dumbass, I'm conservative sexually ass. You ain't conservative sexually. You just want the women you with to have been conservative sexually. That's what that means. We're going to move on to the Dom. <laughs> or not Fuck really you. Dom. Um, the title of this is Every Girl I Date Wants Me to Dominate Them, But I'm Just Not Like That. What so, the hell? I'm a- I know. Just 
So I'm a 23 year old guy. On the exterior, I look quite masculine. I'm six foot two, 86 kilos, which I don't know what the fuck that is in pounds. I ain't going to even pretend like I know. Um, I play rugby. Is he in Britain? Do we play rugby over here? Nothing. We play rugby, but not enough to write it up in a story, goddamn. Uh, I've got a beard. I lift a lot. I kind of look like your generic manly man, but I'm not like that. Yes, I like all those masculine things, but I'm actually very compassionate and caring. All I want to do is find a nice girl and just be with her. Don't get me wrong. I love sex, but I don't want to hurt the girl. I kind of like just having intimate sex. But every single girl that I've dated wants me to dominate them. Like the recent girl wanted full-on BDSM. It's gotten to the point where I've actually been quite emotionally abused by women because they think I'm one thing, then just destroy me emotionally because I'm not. It's really upsetting me. I'm not like that at all. I can be the dominant man, but not in a way where I'm just going to beat up the girl. I want to feel cared for. It sounds weird, but I genuinely like, uh, I genuinely feel like I'm some sort of performing cage animal when I'm in the bedroom with these girls. They always seem to be so sweet at first, too. Then they aren't. I tell them about how I was abused by my ex, and they instantly lose respect for me and lose attraction. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Am I just not enough of a man to find someone like me who's still attractive and confident like I'm into? I'm struggling a lot with this. What the fuck does he mean women at? <laughs> what the fuck? This nigga work in a prison or some shit? <laughs> well, nigga... no, listen. Listen. So, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. So at the Christmas party that we went to, having the conversation, there are a lot of women that are out here in the regular world, regular life. I won't say that necessarily want to be dominated, but they like a little bit of force. I know. Um, so it's I a mean, surprising like, amount of women out here that have like rape fantasy stuff. Yes, it's a surprising amount. It is. I take it that none of them have been raped. Hope not. I mean, I don't know why you would have been raped before and have a rape fantasy, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that perpetuates it. Maybe having been raped could perpetuate it. Uh, you know, with, men, with, you know, with psychology, it could go either way. It could. Never had it, want it done. Had it happen to me, want it done. You know, simulated in a safe way. But but I don't know. Like, but but. But so I know there's a lot of women out here that have the those kind of desires, but he's meeting women. He must don't have no other redeeming qualities. <laughs> Cause he's meeting women who So every woman that you meet, if they're coming at you like this, that means that they don't there is either a whole group of women who don't know that you should ease men into some of this stuff. <laughs> Or they don't care. <laughs> and the, the idea that every woman you meet is doing this means that that's too coincidental of a pattern. So they don't care. So what's wrong with you? Like, is your personality so dull that they don't even want to talk to your ass? They don't. It's like, look, let's get straight to this motherfucking forceful shit. Okay. <laughs> and well, what he, this nigga look he, like? Like, this he, nigga must look like the rock or something like he described himself. I don't know what. Let me see what eighty six kilos is. Jesus, I don't know what that is. Um, I thought them was drugs. <laughs> you know that they use that in 
We're the only we're our metric system is so fucked up. 189 oh, pounds. He ain't that big. I weigh more than him. He 189 pounds. That's not that. Maybe he looked like maybe he looked like the nigga from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, or maybe he looked like uh, some popular BDSM kind of character or something like. And he don't well, know. Fifty Shades of Grey was a pretty boy. He wasn't no. I mean, he sounded like he looked like a fucking lumberjack or some shit. The way he described himself, you know like saying? you think if you think so, no matter what size you are, if this if some dude looked just like Christian Gray in the face, you don't think them BDSM women would be looking at him like, oh shit, like I'm finna go <laughs> holler at him. Or what if he looked like a a a, B, a, a character that's like a popular BDSM character that not many men know about, and so. He just like look like somebody that women are like swooning over and want to be treated like that over. This is too big of a coincidence to mean something. This means that he's interpreting it wrong. It's something wrong with him. So all of these women want this because they don't give a fuck about him. He looked like somebody special or he's meeting women in an environment in which they are more likely to want to be dominated and want to be aggressive. He said you know, they always seem sweet when he first meet them. They're all nice and but I guess what we are missing, maybe maybe these are some longer-term relationships. Like, maybe some of them are longer interactions, but it, it inevitably gets to a woman wanting, you know, a, a, a hand around her throat. <laughs> and maybe he's just so deeply against that that it's causing him a gap in perception of how he can accept it. I don't know. Well, I do want to address something else that he said, because this is very true, and I hate it. It makes me so angry about he was in an abusive relationship, and people lose respect for him when they find that out. Men get abused, and the reason why a lot of it doesn't get reported is because motherfuckers respond this way. Oh, like, oh, she was beating on you. Like, you cannot win if you defend yourself against her, then people are going to be like, you're a man. Why are you hitting a woman? And then if you don't and you're abused and they're going to be like, why you ain't hit her back? You bigger than she like it's, you know, there's a no win there. <laughs> um, there are a lot of men that get abused in relationships. Um, well, that means he ain't smart because a whole bunch of women abuse men in relationships. OK, right. It don't get reported. Yeah. Why the fuck you keep telling every woman? Knowing that it's gonna lose you that emotional support, like knowing they're gonna look at you like that. Why you keep telling them you getting abused by women? Okay, like go get a counselor, a therapist. Your woman is not your goddamn therapist. <laughs> telling all these damn women your business. Okay, if you want to keep that perception, it's like it's crazy. He's like, I look like a manly man, but I hate that the world treats me like this, nigga. Then quit looking like a manly man and put on some goddamn pink and fuchsia to <laughs> offset that shit. When you meet a woman with that pink and fuchsia on, then maybe it'll take away that notion that you're a manly ass man. Do some old stereotypical bullshit that women look at and think of you as less than a man. Nigga, wear an ascot or some shit like that, like my Fred from goddamn Scooby-Doo. You know what I'm saying? He, he is over 23. He's young. He's also very young. He's only 23. You don't know shit, man. So. His filtering process ain't right. Yeah, I mean... And you know what? You know something we don't do in our society? We don't talk enough and candidly enough about sex. At all. We just, we just don't talk about that shit in the beginning of a relationship. We start interacting and we talk about everything around sex and we wait to that point 
come up where sex is about to happen and you learn everything you're going to learn about that person when you having sex well it's a it's a delicate dance because so from the female perspective of dating if you sub sex too quickly i'm gonna be like nigga <laughs> so like i don't know i i don't know how you would or when an appropriate time would be because for me if it's too early i'm gonna be like it's like sending dick pics like <laughs> that will get you ghosted 100%. well when the issue when it becomes i never bring up sex i don't bring up sex i just don't i don't talk about it um it is my my thing is i would rather a woman know that my interest lies in her than what she can do for me i'm just not aggressive or assertive really with, when it comes to sex um so it's a long time coming by the time like my character has been assessed by the time sex come up and it usually comes up from her you know and and then we have the conversation then we had a dialogue um but at the but that's just me i don't have no problems with with sex i don't have this recurring ongoing situation at the point that i had a patternistic situation that came along with sex and my interactions with women it's ain't it ain't no way i wouldn't be talking about sex to women to find out if they just want me to choke their ass out <laughs> that's just at this point there's just some shit you got to do now <laughs> this is what you got to do at this point Jesus. so right. i don't know that's uh he got some soul searching to do to figure out why he in the situation he in. Because <laughs> it, oh. it's it's too coincidental that this shit is playing out the way he's saying it is. If that's the case. Last one. Um, and this one would be more, I guess, therapeutic than... Well, I mean, whatever. Anyway, so this is a 29... Oh, wait. Oh. That they're lesbians. Okay, not that it matters. I just, I didn't do f's. It's a scissoring. Twenty-nine-year-old <laughs> female, um, and her girlfriend is twenty-seven. And the title of this one is "My girlfriend and I broke up six months ago, and I'm struggling with the realization that I was dating an abusive narcissist." My ex and I were together for four years before our relationship ended in absolute firestorm. She fell in love with someone else, a mutual friend, while we were together and told me about her feelings about two weeks after we signed a lease on a new place. I was too afraid to end things, especially as she told me I'm not sure if I actually have feelings. The situation dragged on for months. They hung out and openly flirted in front of me repeatedly. Ex finally ended things, and a few weeks later, they were officially together. On paper, our relationship had always Behind the scenes, I was never really happy. She had convinced me to cut out my best friend, mock some of my interests until I dropped them, pressured me to move in with her, bought me expensive gifts that felt like bribes. There were times when she pressured me to do things that made me uncomfortable. For example, drinking while I was on a new medication to come out to certain families who didn't know me, my sexuality, etc. She was convinced that she understood uh, my sexuality better than I did and would explain my previous relationships back validating my feelings. I believe she did this because she wanted to feel like she was the only person I'd ever loved. 
I moved far away from my own family to live with her, and I felt I feel she never understood or acknowledged the sacrifices I made to be with her. Probably her own family even told me they didn't think she appre- appreciated me enough. I'm close to my family, particularly as my immediate family has experienced great tragedy in the past, so I would sometimes feel homesick and cry. She didn't comfort me, saying that me crying triggered her because I reminded her of an a lot. I started hiding in the bathroom whenever I needed to cry and eventually trained myself not to cry in front of her at all. After our breakup, things became unbearable. I did not want to live with an ex, even if we were on good terms, so I told her that I planned to move home. She had what I can only describe as a temper tantrum. She cried and yelled and insulted me. I was called selfish, told that my friends will leave me and I'll only have myself to blame, and she told me that there was nothing for me back home. She found out that I was romantically interested in someone new and asked me if I was sleeping with this person in a manner I can only describe as, as obsessive. I became extremely uncomfortable and moved out. She blocked me on all social media and I believe turned several friends against me as they don't speak to me either. Needless to say, I was devastated by this and months later, I still think about it every day. Sometimes I remember the good moments of our relationship and how much I truly loved her and I just break down. I feel like she really got to me. Whenever I have negative thoughts about myself, it's always in her voice. I second guess the way I acted and wonder if maybe I have everything backwards and I was really selfish. After the breakup, I was so mad at her, but I never, ever wanted to hurt her. From going to therapy, I realize now that my ex was emotionally abusive. I'm curious as to whether anyone else has experienced something like this, as I feel really alone, especially since the COVID situation hit right when I moved back. And I'm, I've had way too much time alone with my thoughts. Does she sound like a narcissist? Any advice as to how I can reconcile my complicated feelings towards her? Oh, goddamn. <laughs> That's a lot. It is a lot. Man. Is there any way to reconcile your complicated feelings with her? I wonder how long this uh, ago this then ended. I mean, this... Not that long. She's talking about COVID. COVID ain't, I mean. Look, I tell people and kids that I work with that been dealt with heartbreak or breakups is that your biggest ally is time. That's your biggest ally. I mean, there ain't nothing you can do today that's going to make the feeling you have in the moment any less better. You know? I think the therapy. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think the therapy is going to help. Just because. One of the things that happens when you're with a narcissist is that it does make you question everything about yourself. They're very good at that. So having a, a unbiased third party look at the situation and be able to kind of give you um, some perspective and insight on what your relationship really looked like as opposed to what it looked what you felt like it was, I think will help too. Um Gaslighting shit is 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 serious. <laughs> it's hard. Um, so I think that'll help as well. Time and and having the therapist to talk to, not like friends and shit, like people who somebody who could objectively look at the situation. I wonder what this person's past relationships look like. I don't I don't know if this like the level to which you accept some stuff. To a certain point, got something to do with you. I'm not saying that a narcissist ain't really, really good at that, but I don't know. I need to know more. Like, if I, as that 
person's therapist, I would ask a lot more relationships. Like, how long in the beginning of the relationship was it good? Like, is it a year that it was good? And then it's, uh, it was a month span time where all this shit went to hell? You know what I'm saying? Or or what? I, I, I would be interested in how long that was. Or was there, she said there were signs all over the, the, all over the relationship, right? Yeah. So when you see your first sign of bullshit, what kept you, what kept you dealing with that relationship? You know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point, there are red flags. We just don't, I guess sometimes we don't look at them red flags. You know, loneliness is a motherfucker, man. It is. (laughs) Loneliness is a motherfucker. Like, loneliness is the reason sometimes that we deal with the shit that we deal with in relationships. And it's garbage. Well, and so let me tell you something. If you're dating somebody and their fucking family is like warning you or saying stuff like that is a red flag. Like, because normally your family talks you up. You know what I'm saying? Like, normally your family is, is protective of you and they're like, you know, checking this person out. But if they're like, ooh, girl, you know, she she real selfish and shit. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that that should be a reason for you to end a relationship, but it is something that you need to tuck away behind and, and keep that shit in mind. Um, because that's a huge red flag. And the people in that life have so much of an issue with them that they can't even keep that shit to themselves that they feel like they need to tell you. That's some shit you need to pay attention to. Because she said the family members even were coming to her and saying shit about old girl. So, you know, that's a red flag. Um, anytime you find yourself being isolated, that's also a red flag. Like, they're trying to replace everybody in your life with just them. That's the problem. Because what happens is, when shit ends, you're going to be by yourself, which makes you a lot more likely to stay with them. Because it's like, well, I don't have anything now. If I leave them, I literally have nothing. Well, you know, there are people in this world who when they get into a relationship, they begin to lose their own identity and uh, assimilate to the other person's identity. And I think that how you combat that is you make sure you know who you are when you walk into a relationship. And when you walk into that relationship, your goal should be to maintain your independence and who you are. Um, The idea, I know everybody probably heard the content, uh, concept of a uh, codependency, um, on where two people become dependent so deeply on each other that it becomes a problem, and you have a situation where one person becomes dependent on another person, you know, and that other person get to keep their independence, and the other person assimilates what we're talking about. The idea is that you want interdependence, which means if you have a Venn diagram, for those of y'all who don't know. Who, what a Venn diagram is? The overlapping circles. The two overlapping circles where you got outside of one circle on each side and then the middle got two circles where they overlap. That's called interdependence. That means that you got yourself on this right side, they got themselves on this left side, and it's a little part of y'all that both overlap. That's what you want. You want interdependence. You want a small part of y'all that have intertwined and outside of that the rest of you still maintain yourself and that's something i think that everybody got to work on to a degree even if you ain't had these problems in a relationship making sure you keep your own identity when you're in uh, with another person's 
with another person. Um, that's important. Very. I'm uh, 100% against the idea of, uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the show. I may know last week, so I may be confusing it with that. But I, the whole idea of finding your other half, you're half of a fucking person. You're an entire person who's going to find somebody that may compliment the things that you already have and you may share some interests with them. But you are an entire person on your own because when you look at the idea of finding your other half, you're going to feel incomplete until you find one, find that other person. And a lot of times what will happen when people feel incomplete without a relationship, they just hop from one to another because they don't know how to not be a part of a couple. And it's unhealthy. You don't want to do that. Um, you definitely need to view yourself as a, a whole person that's looking for another whole person so that y'all can have a whole ass good time. Yeah. That's uh, I, it was you know it's a statement where people, you know I just never thought about it until I was grown where people be like yeah this is my better half like what <laughs> I wouldn't even say no shit like that no <clears throat> um, because it's not true like I said when you look at yourself as missing something and you need a person to fill in that hole, it's very difficult. Or I won't say it's, it's more likely that you're going to be constantly filling that space with somebody because you feel incomplete. Um, loneliness is different. Like being lonely, wanting companionship is very different from feeling incomplete. I don't ever feel incomplete. I got a whole ass life. Now, do I get lonely and want companionship sometime as a single person? Absolutely, which is why I still do this fucked up ass online dating shit, which is a whole nother conversation that we can have at another day. But um, I, on my own, am a whole person. I would like some companionship. I would like somebody to, to, you know, spend some of my time with. But I'm a whole ass person. And I don't view myself as needing to be completed. And I don't think anybody else should as well. Like you're you're complete. You know, you you're what you need to be. You just want somebody to share that with, not necessarily fill in holes. And when you find that thing, when you found exactly what you're looking for, don't let it go because they were sucking dick on video. <laughs> And you found out long ago. Let that shit go. Okay. Let that shit go. <laughs> Look, I'm more inclined to agree with you these days because finding that fucking other person. I'm just, I, and I've said this before, I'm really getting concerned that I'm going to get to a point where I'm just like, fuck it. And I'm going to, let me tell you, when y'all hear me say I got a third dog, be concerned. Cause I didn't gave the fuck up. That is that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be the indicator that I'm just like fuck it. I'm tired. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just gonna get another dog and just rock it out with my my dogs. That's it. Getting tired. I hate it. I hate it. I hate the getting to know you. I hate it. Thinking that you meet somebody and they're like, oh okay, this is cool, and then they start slowly showing you shit where you're like, nigga, you. You're not helping yourself. <laughs> Listen, hurting yourself horribly. You, I already told you, it's, it's a certain level of shit you're gonna have to accept. True. At this point in your life, 
you're right. It's certain level shit they got to accept. The problem is they're not going to know what they got to accept from you until it's too late. <laughs> what they got to accept from me? They got to accept this reality that you want to live that they're going to have to uh, craft for your ass. <laughs> what about <my>, What about <coughs> Jesus? That's horrible. When my dogs don't eat shit, yeah. Yeah, real dogs don't eat shit, but the reality is your dogs eat shit, okay? And they come from rabbits. And you know what? It ain't going to kill them. So you just get to watch your dogs being stupid, but you finna try to fix it. I am. (laughs) It don't make no sense. You made it sound like a bigger issue than it was. It's gross. You said when you move into a house, sometimes you find out things about your house. Nigga, you you, you could have found out the whole piping system under your house was going to take $6,000 to fix. What you said was, my dog's been eating rabbit shit and it ain't going to hurt them. That ain't the kind of shit that homeowners got to deal with. Don't nobody give a fuck about them rabbits. <laughs> Except for you. They're shitting every... Listen. Even if Kingston wasn't eating the shit, having shit... I go scoop poop up. I scoop their poop like once a week to keep the yard from being just a flurry of dog shit. So I don't want no other animal shit in the yard either. If I'm picking they, I could just leave that shit out there if I if I wanted a shitty backyard. Even if he wasn't eating it, I'd still have a problem with them. Why are you just coming in my yard and shitting and hopping away in bathroom? Because a before it was your yard, it was their yard. So, before it was your yard, it was their yard. Your motherfucking ass got the audacity. You just being a human right now. They you got, got the audacity. For- you have the audacity <laughs> to be in a house that they literally dug up these rabbits whole yard for and stuck all this shit in the ground and a fence to keep them out of the home that was theirs before this shit happened. And you have the audacity to say, why are you coming in my yard? You sound like a goddamn colonizer. It's a whole forest. Sound like the pilgrims. <laughs> they got an entire forest. And listen, look, when they were in my yard, at first, before they were shitting in my yard, I didn't care. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Look at the little rabbits. I thought it was adorable. Till I started finding shit. If they weren't shitting in my yard, they'd be welcome to come in the yard. But don't come over here and use it as the bathroom and then hop back off into the fucking forest. Well, if it makes you feel better, they probably shit everywhere. In your yard, <laughs> they don't come to your yard to shit. It's just that when they in your yard at that point, they shit. I'm pretty sure they shit over by where they live too. Okay, it probably make you feel better to think that they just come to your yard and shit because you all entitled because you get to have a yard. I'm sure it make you feel better to think that they just come to your yard to shit, but you know that ain't the reality. They shit everywhere. When you got to shit, you just got to shit. They don't be like, hey, everybody, we're going to go on that shit run to that new person's <laughs> house. You know where them dogs at because they be eating our shit. That's cool. Let's do it. That's not how that go. <laughs> That's how it seems. They just, and Remy, Remy chases them, but he, it's their rabbits. Rabbits are fucking fast. So like, he then ran into the fence. Yeah, <laughs> like rabbit. I bet rabbits make him look goofy as shit, boy. They do. <laughs> make him look like Tom trying to catch Jerry in his motherfucker. Yes, they make him look real stupid. They do because he then ran into the like- fence, and I'm like, you didn't see the fence. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't realize you were coming up to a barrier. <laughs> make him look like Wiley Coyote trying to get the goddamn road runner. That's more. Yes. Yep. 
it, it's more wildly coyote and the roadrunner it's sad it's sad and um he's dazed himself then he come hobbling back over to me after he didn't ran into the damn fence and i'm like stop <laughs> listen let me tell you let me tell you what dudes are gonna find out about you that's gonna be a problem okay one of the main things is that they're gonna find out that you're smarter than them um, but not that you being smarter than them ain't the problem. The problem is that you know you're smarter than them. That's the problem. <laughs> if you thought they might be smarter than you, then that you know maybe a little bit, but you know you're smarter than them. Now, they're not gonna like that because they're gonna see that it mean a lot of shit. That means it's going when they think they know some shit and they think they're schooling you on something, they're they not gonna be all right. The only thing they're gonna be able to teach you about is thug shit if they used to have it. Um, now the next part of that is that intelligence comes with something, but I don't think it's the smartness that comes with it. I think what comes with it is you got a smart mouth. I think that comes from your family more than it comes from anything, but your intelligence allows you to use that shit with fucking pinpoint accuracy. That's the problem, <laughs> you know? So you use passive aggression like a sniper uses a fucking sniper rifle. You fucking, you you know what I'm saying? In the movies when they, they get that box and they walk up, go up to the ceiling and they put the motherfucking sniper rifle up, they put the bipod down, they aim it, they shoot a motherfucker in the face and then they pull it back down, put the box right back in, walk back down and just walk out into the street like ain't shit happen. You do that shit with passive aggression. And he ain't going to find this shit out about you until later. He ain't going to find that shit about, out about you until he want to choke you, but no, that ain't good to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's Look, what I mean. That's what's going to happen. That's what That's what you you at least up front can see what their problems are to see what you got to have to deal with. But see, they, I'm sorry, fellas, <laughs> that shit ain't going to work out for you. I'm glad you said my family. Like, I don't think people real because they don't see me interact with my family. You've seen me, especially like my brother. The way that I am, my whole fucking family is like that. Me and my brother, like, our bond is going back and forth talking shit about each other. <laughs> like, that's what we do. We talk shit about each other. My whole family, like, Thanksgiving is us. You gotta be, you gotta be on it. You gotta be sharp. You gotta, hey, you know, if you, gotta you have hear, if you hear her talk with her brother, it's ritualistic. Like she don't talk to nobody like that. <laughs> it's a show. It's an act. <laughs> you know, and I ain't saying it's an act for for anybody else outside of them, but like it's a, it's like a play. <laughs> That's how they talk to each other. This shit is like a fucking play. They just talk. It just as soon as the phone ring. She talks shit before she answers. Oh, here go his ass. What he damn want? What the hell you want? And then it turned into a whole back and forth. But it's also somehow, whether you believe it or not, endearing. <laughs> Don't know how they pull that off, but they do. It's my whole family. Like we're all like that. So that's another thing that I, when I'm when I'm dating, I'm also thinking, is this person going to be able to survive a Thanksgiving? <laughs> because like the first like they'll they I'm not family isn't going to like attack the person. But like you're going to see some shit. <laughs> well, look, some I'm going to tell you what you need. to. So I figured that the dude you date is going to be somebody who's going to be able to hold his own with shit talking. 
Yes. He's you're going to you're going to have to tell him that when he meets your family to just shut the fuck up. Because you know some people get into that situation where they see what's going on and they be like, "I do I I can do this." And no. then they get into some shit that they ain't got no business in. Make sure that they know. You need to make sure that they know. Listen, my family gonna talk shit. They might talk shit to you. It's gonna be fun. You gonna want to get in. Shut the fuck up right now. It's too early, okay? <laughs> you need to be liked before you start getting into shit like that, okay? Yes, very. Because much you're so. a newcomer. You a goddamn. You know how when motherfuckers get a new new organ, they gotta take medication and shit to habituate that organ to their body, <laughs> nigga. You too new. You're a new implant. I don't want to. I don't want to lose you because of my family. <laughs> and I will. And I don't want to have to deal with them talking all this shit about you when we ain't together no more. That nigga think he funny, don't he? <laughs> Where you get him from? You know you're gonna be hearing all that shit from your yes, folks. Yes, Jesus. Give you an example of my brother and his bullshit. Like just the relationship that we have. So. I have been talking to this person and they said that oh, you're really you're really a timid and reserved person. And of course, I'm like nobody in my life would describe me that way. <laughs> so I called my brother was talking to him and I told him that you know this nigga bust out laughing. I'm talking about uncontrollable mm-hmm. tears down his face. He was like how can you get it so wrong? <laughs> I was I he timid and reserved like i mean maybe not timid but like i am reserved when i meet people because i'm listening to you it's the therapist in me i want to hear what you uh have going on so i do come across as reserved i would think timid i don't know that i would ever call myself timid but william died laugh i'm talking about tears running down his face <laughs> He's such an asshole. I was like, I could be fucking timid and reserved. He was like, yeah, you sound real timid and reserved right now. <laughs> mm. Mm-mm. Would you describe me as timid and reserved? No, I wouldn't. You act timid and reserved when you meet motherfuckers. That's what happened. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you. Like, You got your own level of representative that show up at the very beginning. Because <laughs> when they find out you are outspoken... All opinionated, got smart ass mouth, intelligent already, and passive aggressive intentionally and very effectively. They gonna be like, "Where the fuck was this shit at the beginning?" <laughs> if I knew you had this shit, I'm conservative when it comes to women talking shit. <laughs> if I would have knew you was this. If I knew you had past uh, smart mouth and shit, then I wouldn't have. Wouldn't have been able to get with you. Here we are two years later, and now I'm finding out that you got a smart-ass mouth. It wouldn't take two years. <laughs> it would not. Well, uh, yeah, no, it wouldn't. It I don't think I'll be him. that long. Depends True. on him. If you don't do no shit to trigger your ass, True. then he'll be fine. But, yeah. you know, men trigger your ass quick. Probably yeah. because you're easily triggerable, but you know. I'm not easily triggerable. Mm-hmm. Yes, you is. You be ready, goddamn. Anyway. Um, 
Colin actually sent the letter. I sent him a message. And so while I told you, oh, Jesus, it's frozen. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait while it's frozen. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait while it's frozen. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait while it's frozen. So I started singing that thinking that it was going to unfreeze more quickly than it seems to be unfreezing. Skype, bro. You froze for about 25, 30 seconds again. And then you froze again. Same way as last time. Wait, what did you say? Oh, oh okay. You Your said... Um, what? I bought a... Um... It's supposed. It was supposed to be here yesterday. Shit didn't come. It's because I'm in the basement. I bought something to like help the signal out, so it won't be like this. But shit, I just forgot what I heard you say last. Um. Oh, you said that I be looking for a reason. That's not true. I didn't say you'd be looking for a reason. Or you said you be waiting or looking for. You said you be looking for, and then it cut out. I didn't hear what you said after that. No, you know, I don't, I don't think you be looking for bullshit. I don't know what I said after that or what I was, was trying to convey. But uh, you be ready. You had a finger on the trigger. I just am. <laughs> I don't think you know it. I won't say I have a finger on the trigger, but I look, I pay attention to shit. And when I start seeing things that I deem to be red flags, then, oh, yeah, I'm look, I'm old. I'm not finna sit around and see some shit that I already know I can't deal with and just stick around just no if I see some shit that I know I can't fucking deal with then I'm out let me tell y'all about Eddie okay that's me by the way (laughs) (laughs) let me tell y'all about Mr. On Point I don't do shit I don't cause people problems I'm a nice guy I help I do a lot of things for people right Yes. but I know when Red want to be saying some shit to my ass Know exactly when it is. Okay. <laughs> now let me tell y'all with the podcast when it is. With the podcast is when first off when I'm taking too long to get the show started. Or like when I tell her I haven't researched my story. So she already know we ain't finna start for 30 minutes. She irritated right there. Another one is when when we used to have to like on Mondays when I when we have to do the show Monday nights. That's one of one of them moments. Um, dang, it's another main moment where you be. Um, if she was sleepy or sleep, and now we gotta do the show. I know the moments when she be like, you know what I'm saying? In your head, you be like this bitch ass nigga. <laughs> but the only thing that combats that for me is that I'm helpful. <laughs> If that nigga ain't if 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 I stop being helpful and stop being nice and stop being who I am, I will no longer be protected from that shit. It's like a force field. Okay? It's no way possible that a nigga that she's with more than one day a week going to be able to have that level of protection that keeps him. The only the only reason I'm as protected as I am is because that one day a week happens. <laughs> If it was two or three, I'm going to get the shits. 
Okay? So I'm not saying that you look for shit. I'm just saying that you're ready. You like a gunslinger in the wild, wild west, goddamn. You know when the motherfucker come in and be like, oh, he's the baddest gunslinger out here. And the motherfucker, they finna have a duel and he pull his pistol out, pop, 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 shoot three hats off, spin it around and put it right in his pocket. That's your ass with bullshit coming out your mouth. That's hate to be telling you in the whole podcast world about yourself. That's what it is. It's actually a skill. It's a skill. It's a skill. Listen, y'all, the reason it's a skill is because that same readiness to reply really helps in counseling. Yes. It really helps when it comes to interpreting and processing somebody's story. It's really good. It's a skill. It's just that the bullshit side of that skill ain't ain't friendly. Yeah. So I'm mad that you know I'd be annoyed and you still do it. Oh, see that now. See, y'all, this is the other part of of Red's bullshit. I'm gonna put you out there, Red. So she said that I can't believe that you know this about me and you still do it. Well, the reality of it is, I don't even do it that much. But the the little bit I do it is enough for her to say you should never do it again ever because you know it. Fuck with me, okay? <laughs> I don't do it every week. <laughs> I just do it every now and then. So when a dude come into your life. And he do some shit that he think I don't even do it that much. For you, the fact that he do it at all, knowing that it fuck with you, is gonna fuck with you, and consequently gonna fuck with him because you gonna let him know that it fuck with you, even though it's something that he can't control. That he gonna keep doing over and over and over again. <laughs> you know I'm goddamn right. Whatever. This is enough of this. Whatever, man. I know you're right, but I don't want to acknowledge about it. Red. <laughs> Look, you are free. You are welcome and free to go in on me when you get ready. Um, but when you were frozen, what I was starting to say is we got a letter from Colin. It came in. So I renege. I take it back. We're not gonna do it next week. We're gonna do it this week. So I'm a renegger. But I'd rather be a renegger than a coon. So let's get to Colin's letter. Episode 234, Toxic Meat of the House. (laughs) What's going on, y'all? I'm back. I ain't mean to miss last week's mailbag, so apologies for that. This week got away from me. I got some stuff. First, Matt Barnes versus Jason Whitlock. Let's start with this tweet from Matt Barnes. We'll get to that later. If you go to Google, too, you can find some spicy Instagram video recordings of Matt Barnes coming for Whitlock, too. Also, just so we're clear, I'm all for Matt Barnes. No coons allowed. Speaking of coons, it's time for us to keep an official list of coons, Uncle Tom's, and Aunt Jemima's. Jason Whitlock, David Clark, Kanye West, Alan West, John McHorder, Herman Cain, Ben Carson, Candace Owens, Stacey Dash. We should have a segment where there's some new shit called When the Coons Go Marching In. (laughs) Other than that, I'm curious on some other thoughts. What are y'all playing this and last week? How are people handling the virus where you live? We're doing okay in Washington. Curious to get your thoughts as I watch some NFL free agency negotiations on why average citizens, often white people, seem to be so interested in another man's salary and side with the billionaire owners over the players. I won't get into the meat positivity discussion from this episode today, LOL, but in short, I agree it's problematic when a dad perpetuates the wrong side of the meat positivity movement on his son. Also, that family got episode season three, episode five, and the wiener is. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, again for next week's episode. More about the meat positivity discussion. So plan for that. Last thing, I will attach my new response photo when I get hate mail playing video games online. We out. It's a picture of Michael Jordan um, sitting back laughing. <laughs> so, Matt Barnes, this is the tweet. Jason Whitlock. Basically, LeBron James said, we're literally hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our own homes. We can't even go for a damn jog, man. Like, what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? It's what WTF, not he didn't curse. No, man, for real. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, Amar. Rest in paradise. And my prayers and blessings are sent. And Jason Whitlock says, this isn't helpful. It's Twitter trolling. He's using this man's tragedy to build a brand as more outspoken than Michael Jordan. There are all kinds of ways to draw attention to this tragedy. Suggesting that we are hunted every day, every time. It's just shit stirring. And then Matt Barnes came out and said, you always got some shit to say. What the fuck are you doing besides cooning? So Jason Whitlock is like an ESPN personality. Um, I guess... I understand these people who comment on sports as sports commentators because they've been, you know, just reporting on sports for so long. You know, I look at Jason Whitlock and be like, what fuck sport he has he ever played? It just don't make no sense. But then, uh, so Matt Barnes is an old NBA player. Clearly, LeBron James is a current NBA player. I do Matt Barnes. I don't know if Matt Barnes still playing the NBA or not. Whatever. And Jason Whitlock is a commentator. But Jason Whitlock is always saying some old bullshit. When it comes to the black community, he is just, he just, uh, Candace Owens. And you know what? White people eat that shit up. Of course they like, do. A part of me think that the only reason that he catered to that population is because it makes him more popular. It makes him marketable. It makes so many white people like him versus, you know, the dudes that are outspoken about the black community. Um, and I'm going to talk about Ahmad later in the show um but i didn't go look at any any videos of matt barnes coming for whitlock but i know it's roast worthy so you, you probably look that up if you want to see a coon getting his just desserts so to speak so who do you think we need to add to the list of coons uh, you got Jason Whitlock, David Clark, Kanye West, Alan West, John McHorter, Herman Cain, Ben Carson, Candace Owen, Stacey Dash. Ooh. Um, I think we need to add Clarence Thomas. <laughs> now let let's define coons, okay? Because we do have isolated moments of stuff being said by black people that is coonish, but ain't don't encompass that person's belief system. Like, you know. Well, Boosie done said some shit like it. Be your own people. You know what I'm saying? He say some shit like that. He done in interviews done said some shit. But that ain't a coon. You know, I guess, I guess you know, that's ignorance and bullshit-ass perspective sometimes. But I look, I, when you say coon, in terms of a black person who seems to have turned on their race, and not really turn on their race, because, you know, it's okay to say some shit about black people that people, but the essence of their rhetoric mirrors white rhetoric. Yes. That's what it was about. It ain't just the mere fact that they're talking about black culture. It's just that their platform is one that makes you feel like they would rather have white skin than black skin. Yes. That's the essence of, of that to me. Um, I don't even know who John McHorter is. I don't know either. 
with Clarence Thomas that definitely goes on that list. Um, there are two twins that's on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember the name of the name of them. They used to be. They used to just do talk silly about workouts and stuff. And oh, them buff ass twins, the light. Yeah, they twins? buff. They light skin. Yeah, they. I know got messed up teeth. Mm-hmm. And you know, you should you, like you never talk about people's teeth or their aesthetic stuff that you don't like until they say something that you got a problem with. Then you <laughs> do whatever you want. But them messed up teeth ass niggas, they got on the cool train. They see how that shit worked for Candace Owens. Like Candace Owens from her switch over to the conservative shit done got her sitting in front of the Senate one day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it brings you clout. It brings you some shit. Like, Colin, if me and you wanted to be like the shit with our level of intelligence, if we were really willing to trade in all of everything we believe, we could become rich being conservatives. <laughs> you know, having a conservative voice. You know, but I would never fucking betray my culture for white clout. <laughs> Well, because it. it, it's you're still <laughs> what I don't think Coons realizes that you think that you're like us. They love to call us, uh, love to call liberal special snowflakes, but you, they think that they're these special snowflakes. Still a nigga, like you think that they don't look at you the same way, but they do. Stacey Dash is such a good example of that. They used her all throughout. <laughs> Were trying to get Trump in office, and she was getting saying all this bullshit. Then they fired her ass when they didn't need her anymore, when she was no longer useful to them. Uh, after she has said all of this shit that has emanated from her from the people who even watched the fucking movies and shit that she was in. Because let's be honest, the only thing white people know Stacey Dash from is Clueless. Because that's the only movie that she's done that I feel like is like white um... I don't know, white, acceptable or whatever. The rest of the shit she didn't did been some nigga shit. So you alienated the people that allow you to be able to do this actress shit to go be a commentator on fucking Fox. Then when they let your ass go, now you just out here. And they ain't need you no more. Because you're still a nigga at the end of the day. Like you know, Stacy Dash Stacy Dash was fine before I knew that she <laughs> was on that shit. But now she looked like a muskrat. A skinny face looking ass. She got a skinny pointy ass face that point up to the front. And you know, I don't know. I guess she looked in the mirror one day and she said, you know what? I don't have nigga lips. <laughs> My lips are white. I'm white. And here's the thing. The, the problem with coon shit is this. It is not that as black people we cannot call each other out on some shit. Uh, it's not that we can't because it's some shit. Y'all know I talk mad shit about bonnets and shit. When I see people out with bonnets on, it fucking irritates my soul. <laughs> what I would not do, though, is I would not get on Fox or when that whole issue with the school that was having the, that wouldn't see the parents if they came up there with like certain shit on. I would not get on a platform like Fox and get up there talking shit. Okay? There's a difference. Um, and cooning and just being black and realizing that sometimes we be on some bullshit. There's a difference. Um, so, I don't know. Who else would I add to that list? I don't know. I, it'd be something I have to think about. 
I know a lot of people would probably say um, Chrisette Michelle. I don't think she, I think she was just very, very stupid. <laughs> I don't know that I would call her a coon. <laughs> she, she made the R&B artist miscalculation of the year. She did. Because right now with these verses going on, has she not done that shit? I feel like people would be putting her in the verses with somebody. But because she did that shit, the black delegation just decided not to fuck with her no more. And I don't think it, she was cooning. I think she was misinformed. <laughs> She probably thinks she probably had that ego. People love me. They, they'd be fine. Mm, wrong. Mm, wrong. Miscalculation of the year. You miscalculated how much people love you compared to how much people were concerned about Trump <laughs> and how many people had strong feelings about him as well. You, you didn't, you didn't weigh that out right. Mm-mm. You didn't have enough. Oh, miscalculation. Shit, even as much as- as Beyonce is loved, I feel like if Beyonce had done that shit, niggas would have been the world would have exploded. Like I still niggas would have still been upset. Like it's some shit that just not gonna be able to do. And Chrisette definitely ain't a Beyonce as far as popularity is concerned. No nope. girl. No. No, no, no. Um, I'm still playing the Sims as to answer his other issue. That's just I'm I'm building like generations of family. So like uh yeah, and they just announced a new expansion pack that comes out on the 5th of June. Well, let me tell you about me. I literally only play the same games over and over. <laughs> I don't really do new games. Uh, I I mean, I do new games every now and then, but like, if you ask me weekly, it's mostly going to be the same game. So Apex, um, Warzone, I've I set Minecraft back down. I really have no more interest in going to do anything that I was doing in Minecraft at this point. Um, a lot of things I do, I play for camaraderie. Um, I have downloaded FIFA, and I've started playing FIFA with uh, with my friends because they That's all play awesome. FIFA. Yeah, they all play FIFA, so I'm kind of trying to learn how to play just so I can fill in for them when we play. Because I really like being online with the guys I play. Uh, I got Mortal Kombat 11. So me and my homeboys, we get onto a king of the hill. Um, got my ass whooped last time, but Sonya Blade is fucking ready now. Um, she ready now, boy. Whew, them niggas, <laughs> them niggas ain't gonna know who they playing when they fuck with me after this. And also, um, I started, I downloaded a couple of games on my PlayStation called uh, "This Is the Police." It's one and two. It's apparently, apparently like a. RP, not RPG, but a decision-based game where you're a police officer and you're trying to, I guess, avoid getting caught being caught up with the mob and stuff. I had a friend suggest it to me, so I started playing that yesterday. Uh, but that's about it. Um, I'm still waiting to get to you uh, on the game, Colin. We'll get there at some point. Um, how are people handling the virus where you live? We're doing okay in Washington. Uh, we live in Alabama, man. It's like as soon as the government said this is impacting black people, all the white people was like, okay, we safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they, they didn't hear no other words. They didn't hear disproportionately. They didn't hear words that indicated that, you know, everybody getting it, but just black people. And the thing is, black people ain't getting it at any higher rate than anybody else. We just keeping it longer and dying from it more because we ain't getting treated the same way we weren't getting treated for shit before this happened. You know, so black folks ain't getting it at no higher rate than anybody else. 
you know, from what I read earlier, maybe research will be showing something different now, but that was about two weeks ago. This shit progressing so fast. Um, that being said, our state opened up today. I was just going to say the go- the governor. Oh, so like people gonna be in restaurants and shit again. And but they gotta be apparently other. they gotta be six tables gotta be six feet away apparently. Like they opening up everywhere and basically saying, hey businesses, make sure y'all be straight. Make sure y'all uh, put in measures to keep people from getting coronavirus. Here's the thing about the six feet in a restaurant. <laughs> all you just sitting in this space, breathing all the same air for a extended amount of however long it takes you to complete this meal and the tables may be six feet away but the people that you're sitting with at the table are not going to be six feet away from you if you're going out eating in groups um i feel like there's going to be a second wave of people sick because of this maybe i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong um but I get it. I get that the economy's fucked up right now because everything was closed and they're in a hurry to open shit back up. But I'm like, woo. I don't know. I won't be going to see nobody at a restaurant no time soon. Well, me either. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, what I hope is black people take it seriously as we've been taking it. And I hope that black people um stay home and I guess if it increase that it do amongst the population who don't care but it's going to increase they say it's up 40% in Georgia I'm not sure that they care though all right curious to get your thoughts as I watch some NFL free agency negotiations on why average citizens offered to white people seem to be so interested in another man's salary and side with the billionaire owners over the players capitalism 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 is trauma. <laughs> Capitalism got its positive system, but it got residual effects. Capitalism convinces poor people that they're poor because they don't work hard enough, and it convinces uh, the average citizen that being a billionaire is because you work so hard. And they also convince you that those billionaires are helping these millionaires by using their hard-earned money. And then when it comes to sports, they already, I feel like the common population is really salty. You know, that athletes get paid as much money as they do because it don't look like they're doing that much to the people. People only see them play on one day a week, but don't know how much work they putting in to get there. They don't know how many sacrifices it come with their family to be traveling all over the place, you know. And I think that the answer, to be honest, is capitalism, you know. That's not to say that capitalism ain't good, but we don't have fucking capitalism. We have corporatism. Look that shit up, anybody listening. We got corporatism. A corporatist corporatist system is a system where the society is basically run by businesses, and that's what we have. You know, capitalism, well, is where the political system is run by businesses. And if you look at how many people lobby for all of these politicians, if you look at how many people donate a certain amount of money to all of these politicians, then you'll know that that's why we live in a corporatist system instead of a capitalist system. See, a capitalist system says that, okay, Colin, you and I can open up um, Colin and Eddie groceries down the street from a Walmart, and they have equal possibilities of success, right? But that's not how it happens because Walmart has amassed so much um power 
as it pertains to just buying power and it pertains to legal power that it that when me and you open up our grocery store around walmart walmart gonna lower all the prices down lower the money yours and as soon as we have to go out of business because everybody's shopping at the cheaper place because they don't shop out of loyalty they shop out of what's more affordable then walmart gonna raise their prices up normal and then um and if Walmart still like if Walmart takes some ideas from us because we was we did this thing that made us business, then Walmart gonna take that idea, and we can't even sue because we don't have enough money. They gonna ice us out. They gonna ice us out of the system. And then Walmart, when it get ready to move into a new city, it go into the legislation or uh, to the leg- legislative bodies and say shit like, you know what, we don't want another grocery store built within you know five miles of our store, and that shit be ended up passing. You know what I'm saying? They wrap it up in some kind of like and politicians do this. The city will wrap it up in some kind of all uh misunderstanding legislation. Because instead of putting on the ballot, um, nobody can build stores in five five miles of Walmart, they say some shit like um um tier one real estate um interests um have a five mile perimeter of like they say shit where motherfucking regular people don't understand it and people end up voting for it based off of the people that support it. So I think that's that system. I think that it's like the NFL is a microcosm of a capitalist system or corporatist system. And the billionaires are uh, the government and the players are just people that have been convinced that if they work hard enough, they can get something. And the whole motherfucking system, uh, and but but those men who just trying to work hard to get something have been convinced that the harder they work, the more that they worth. And I think that, you know, people look at them like, you know, you didn't really work for this. You know, just like we've been convinced to believe about the poor people and the rich people in our society right now. But that's my spiel on that. Um, Next thing, uh, thanks for letting us know which Family Guy episode that was. And uh, I guess we'll get into meat positivity next week. Can't wait. Yeah, I know you can't wait. Um, I I had some meat positivity stuff that I could have brought up today, but I can't really remember exactly what it was. Oh, I was looking up. Um, I was looking up some stuff. Uh, I was looking up. Uh, Shabari. Have you ever heard of that? Shabari? Yeah. No. It's like the Japanese art of tying people up. I was looking that up. But in the article I was looking up, it had this person was reviewing different ties to use for Shabari. And I saw that they did reviews for the best cock sleeve that they could find. So apparently... I think I talked about this on a podcast before, but there are like hollowed out dildos where a man could put it on his penis and emulate it or simulate it as his. And this worked for dudes with erectile dysfunction, dudes with, you know, blood flow issues and a bunch of different issues it do. Um, but I guess it also worked if you your woman is a size queen and she <laughs> she liked the bigger meat than you can offer. Well, every now and then she might like a bigger one and you want to try it out. Um, but I was one like, I, 
I wouldn't use that. I don't feel. I guess my if my woman really wanted something like that, I would use it. But I just don't see a lot of men having a desire to use that. Um. So I was just wondering. I wonder what the the measure is between a dude that will be salty as hell that his woman wants some kind of extension on his penis and not doing it versus I guess the ego hit that it would take doing it if you ain't that comfortable with it. I don't know. Me and listening, would you use a uh would you use some kind of cock extender type thing if there was a reason to do so? Um let me know. And we'll have a conversation next week with Colin. Um that being said, what'd you say? I didn't say anything. Oh, that being said, appreciate that letter, Colin. And uh and I will hear from you again next week. Uh I do have some viral posts. Let me close this out the letter. Um if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail dot com or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us that way. Okay. April D. Ryan. I'm hearing on good authority that coronavirus is more rampant in the White House than the public is being told. A very high ranking individual may have also been impacted. The administration is currently mum on the matter, seeking prayers instead. Hashtag COVID-19. Not surprising. Not surprised at all. Um, this has a picture of Jesus and a, a man that looked like he could be Joseph. Uh, Joseph, my fair lady Mary is with child in which she saith was created by thou. God, don't come at me about no hoe. <laughs> That's so fucking terrible. Yeah, they be doing God so wrong. Um, next one. Uh, bitches make one chocolate covered strawberry and change their name to treats by Toya. <laughs> People had a little side hustle, he them beat. Yeah, let them let them do their thing. Uh, this one says, Whoever need a ride to 2021, we leaving tomorrow morning. I'm with it. I'm so fucking with it. Cause 2020. You know it don't change the shit that's happening though. It just it doesn't, but we maybe it. we can skip the shit that's a coming for the rest of the year. Fuck. How how you feel about pulling up to 2021 and you got to catch up with all the people that died because your ass is trying to skip it. Like, you know, if you get in a, you know, if you got in a time machine and went to 2021 tomorrow, then literally it was just, it was still like six, seven months ago today. So you're going to get there and you'd be like, wait, is all my family alive? You're going to call <laughs> everybody to make sure that nobody died in the end of the year. <laughs> You know what I'm oh saying? God. The deaths. The deaths that has happened within the last week alone. <laughs> it's been fucked up. 2020. The next one say, wake up sheeple. Coronavirus was created by Spirit Halloween store, so a bunch of businesses would go under and they could move into the vacant buildings this fall. <laughs> That was spirit Halloween stories. It's just be popping up everywhere. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Mr. On Point. Uh, 
I pretty much cut out all of the rhetoric and dialogue that we had about Red's internet connection. So you may wonder why, you know, it's me finishing up the show instead of us. Is uh, Red's internet connection was pretty bad and we couldn't get done before she went to work. So I'm going to finish this episode out just by spewing out some of the news for the week that we had out here. Sorry that you don't get that, you know, red on point interaction this week again, because I think we did this like two or three weeks ago. Uh, but doing this from a distance has, you know, kind of changed up the dynamic, as, sure, as I'm sure it's changed up, you know, a lot of things in all of our lives in terms of how we are managing and dealing with, you know, coronavirus. So I'm going to finish up these viral posts and have some conversation about it. Uh, this guy says his name is Blade Penderhughes. <laughs> Black men are not properly loved until we make money. And she replies, a man is supposed to profess, provide, and protect. Of course, you have to have a job and to be financially stable. Stop trying to bring the bar lower. Black women are not your mom's. Relationships should be equally yoked. I guess, so, this is the dynamic that comes with how we've set up society. And by we, I mean men. Uh, we set up society to uh, do those things for women. And I guess we can't be mad that women hold on to that because women deeply benefit from a system by which men, you know, say, well, we do everything. Well, we won't, well, we'll protect you. Well, we'll, we'll purchase things for you. We'll, you know, take care of you. We'll be the breadwinners. We'll do everything. So it's not surprising that women grasp onto this dialogue. Um, but everything that she expressed in the first part of that sentence does not represent being equally yoked, you know? So, uh, equally yoked means equal and if she's saying that he's supposed to profess provide and protect then what is her job in that you know we are past the point where sex is enough for a woman to hand out to a man and that be all the transaction action that the relationship have i think we're beyond, beyond that point uh women are now no longer just tools used for men's pleasure and men are no longer just the providers for women and men are going to have to accept a big part of that and women are going to have to accept a big part of that so women y'all gonna to have to give more than what you traditionally have been given in relationships and men you're going to have to be willing to allow a woman to give more because our egos can't be tied into what we are or are not giving to that person like you know history has shown that we have been tied to um but you know that's just my take on it you got some opinions about that holler at your boy uh, government name podcast said I go too hard on the men. Maybe I do, but that's the only vantage point I really got um, is the man perspective. I don't know what these women be talking about. Uh, this next viral post said, my baby jumping in his sleep, my abortion kids beating his ass. They mad because he made the cut. Now, I don't know what kind of hood rat you got to be to say something like this. Uh, clearly, she is, I guess, what they would say, clout chasing, trying to get that attention. She has no understanding of science or what happens when you have an abortion and really the audacity to bring up the abortion kids and proclaim that they're having a fight with the child that she's keeping oh my god like that is another level of ratchet like that's super ratchet that's like kamehameha ratchet that's like ratchet supreme i mean it's it's ridiculous I wouldn't say no shit like that. Like, if I had a daughter that said some shit like that, I'd just be like, where the fuck did we go wrong, yo? Like, how how do we have a child that's, one, getting abortions like this? Because it's multiple now. You know, she said, my abortion kids, that's multiple. You know, at what point in her life has she decided to keep this kid? 
And then the only way she can explain it is he getting his ass beat. Come on, man. I fell my child in that situation. And I, I, you know, wouldn't know what to say to her. I just wouldn't even answer my child's phone for the next year after that shit. Uh, all right. Uh, this one says, Heaven, God, did you send the murder hornets? Angel, yes, my lord, God, very good. Now place the sodomy geese on standby. Angel, sodomy geese? God, super excited about this one. Yeah, this right here is clearly a representation of all of the bullshit that's going on in 2020. Um, but I do think that 2020 is like the news. It's like, so, it's rare that airplane crashes ever happen. But once an airplane crash happens, the news put all the airplane crashes on it. The same thing with uh, a shooting, you know, like a mod. Um, once one shooting happens, all of the shootings that been happening pop up, you know. And I think that's the case with 2020. I think we're looking for everything we can see happening. And we're saying, oh, 2020 fucking up more. 2020 fucking up more. It's basically confirmation bias, you know. Um, I don't know if these hornets going to become a problem. Uh, but you know until they become a problem it's just another thing to talk shit about while all of this is going on this last one says me i got bitten on my way sorry we started over me i got bitten on my walk by a great dane her my god imagine if it had been a small child me i could have fought off a small child alice so just a little silliness and whatnot um little I guess pun maybe I don't know if that's a pun it's a riddle maybe no it's not a riddle who cares anyway that's all the viral posts for the week now I'm just gonna kind of skedaddle through all of these articles and news stories that's got going on this week uh, I'm gonna start off talking about Ahmad Arbery so Ahmad Arbery is the gentleman that was killed by two Ain't got nothing else to goddamn do as Georgia. I live in a good-ass neighborhood, and this nigga don't belong here citizens, right? So, Ahmad was apparently jogging. And I'll add some more to the story in a minute. He was, from what these white men know, there was a black man on a white t-shirt jogging, okay? Um, and I guess white people would interpret a black man jogging as a black man running. And I guess white people will interpret a black man running as a black man trying to get away from something. And I guess white people will interpret a black man running and trying to get away from something as he must be trying to get away from some crime. Like, they wouldn't look at a white neighbor that was jogging and think any of this stuff. But they said that there was some burglaries going on in the community, in the neighborhood, and they decided to get in their pickup truck. It was a father and a son, the McMichaels, and follow this man with shotguns. And their goal was to make a citizen's arrest. So they saw this guy, did not see him committing a crime, thought that he may have been committing a crime in their neighborhood because they had intel that burglaries had been happening in the neighborhood. They followed him, tried to make a citizen's arrest, and when they confronted him, they ended up shooting him. The dad ended up shooting him because he lunged for the gun. Now let me tell you something about me and my Alabama life, okay? I am an Alabama native, and... If I'm anywhere, maybe I'm jogging, maybe I'm running, I don't care what I'm doing. If two white men in a pickup truck with shotguns roll up on me and I know I haven't done anything, I already think I'm going to die. I'm not going to be complicit in my death. 
I'm going to try to get away. I'm going to try to fight back. I'm going to try to do something to keep my life preserved. That just don't look good down here. That don't look good in Alabama. That don't look good in Georgia. And, and so at the end of the video, he was shot in the middle of the street and those men walked away from it. Uh, new, new information is coming out. So the next thing that I learned about this is that, uh, daddy McMichael, um, the older redneck, uh, used to work in the DA's office with the current DA. And so that DA recused himself, but that DA also told the police not to arrest him. Like the police said that we're about to arrest these dudes and the DA said, no, this is a good, you know, this is self-defense. There's no need to arrest these men. That's clearly a directive based on knowing that person. So recusing yourself is supposed to come with all of the pieces covered. Like he, if he was going to recuse himself from this, he should have recused himself from giving the police officer directive to arrest him or not. Now, a really big part of this dynamic is that the video was released. I mean, this happened like two months ago, like 10 weeks ago. This happened a long time ago. It took 72 days for them to be arrested, right? And it seems like the only reason is because the video was released. That seems to be the only reason that they got arrested because a lawyer released the video. Matter of fact, the dude who was recording the video gave it to his lawyer and the lawyer turned it in, uh, put it on blast, basically. And people crying out is the reason why. Now, this is the next thing I found out about this case. So uh, I saw Candace Owens, which, you know, is uh, in the runnings for the coon of the year, along with the list of other people that Colin listed in his letter. Appreciate that, Colin. Uh, put on her Facebook status, you know, um, he was caught in another person's house you know, um, burglaring, he's not innocent. That's paraphrasing. She just said some bullshit regarding the black person in the situation. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know exactly the words. Just know that she was trying to make it seem like he was on the, over there doing some shady shit. So a video came out of him going into a house that was unfinished. It was a house that they were building. Um, he did nothing illegal. He didn't take anything. He just went into a house that was unfinished and looked around. Um, there's nothing really illegal about that. Like, that's not a house that somebody owns. It's literally, I mean, maybe he could have been scouting a place to go look for some tools or something. But you know what? The reality is he didn't do anything. He went in there, looked around, and left. And went on and continued his damn jog, okay? And so the video came out that's supposed to paint him as suspicious because he did that. I don't know. Maybe he never seen a house being built and was like, hmm, what does a frame of a house look like? I want to go and see. And he went in there, looked around, saw the frame of the house, and got the fuck on. You know, I don't know. But the idea that people like Candace Owens and people like Jason Whitlock will take that little bit and run with it as if this is concrete proof that he was a shady motherfucker. That's stupid. Because at the end of the day, a police officer shouldn't kill somebody without them getting the opportunity to be in front of the judge and the jury. And that's the police. I'll be goddamned if I ever co-sign to garbage as uh i think i can uh can um what am i trying to say too garbage as uh i think i can act upon the law myself as citizens um can go out there and do this shit and our society is supposed to say that's okay now that da said it's okay you know georgia so georgia don't have any hate crime laws that's one thing 
So even if they called him a nigga before they shot him, and if they told him, we followed your black ass because we don't like your black ass in our neighborhood and we're going to shoot your black ass, um, Georgia don't even have a crime uh, or a law that accommodates that kind of treatment of a situation, uh, which is, is a problem its so, own. The next thing is uh, Georgia has laws where citizens can make arrests. Now, I don't know the rules of the citizen's arrest, but that's the rules that the DA is using to say that, you know, they don't have to, you know, they're not going to be arrested because they were trying to make a citizen's arrest. And because Ahmad was resistant to them making that arrest and reached for the gun, then that makes it a problem. You know, well, if he wasn't up to any good, he should have just stayed there. Listen, it ain't nothing about no regular goddamn citizen that I got to stay nowhere for your ass for. Okay? If a random motherfucker pull up on me talking about some, I'm making a citizen's arrest, stay here, I'm going to keep fucking walking. I mean, to be honest, he's just going to have to shoot me in the fucking back. I'll tell him, listen, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking to the next gas station. I'm going to keep walking to I see some people in public. Because if you're going to kill me, you better shoot me in the motherfucking back right now. But I'm not finna just stop and stand here. And I'm not going to be complicit in my death. Even if I don't fight back the way Ahmad did. I'm going to keep moving. Until I see some people out in the community. That I can say, hey, hey, help me. I don't know what these dudes doing. They got guns on me. I have no idea what the fuck their problem is. Please call the police, get a video camera, record this. I'm not finna touch them. I'm not finna do anything to them, but please help me. You know, even if I had to do some shit like that, I'm not finna just stand there and let some regular motherfuckers tell me what I can and can't do. You know, and I don't give a fuck if the older McMichael used to be a goddamn police officer. Who gives a fuck? What we call that shit is vigilante justice. And motherfuckers will stay telling you, that vigilante justice is a problem in our uh, when it is perpetuated in our society, you know. But when it comes to some shit like this, they'll let let a white man do that. If this was two black men that followed a white man and got out and shot him, bruh, you know, it wouldn't be nothing similar. But you know, that just reaches into a different systemic problem. The reason being is because it's not likely for a black father that's sixty plus to have worked with a DA. And to have a connection like that because black people don't get them kind of opportunities, you know. So um, white people all across the board get opportunities out the ass for all kinds of shit. While black people steadily, you know, looking for crumbs um, in different capacities at different points in different times in their life. Um, so this is really just an arrest. This ain't even a conviction. You know, this is that's the real tale. When stuff like this happens, the real tale is is somebody going to jail for this? Or are people in society going to be able to look at this and say, Okay, well they didn't get the ultimate penalty for it, so if I see somebody in my neighborhood that look like they might be robbing, then I can go and perform a citizen's arrest on them and if they end up dead I still won't go to jail. We don't need to send that message. We as a society don't need to send that message. And that's because it would be a, to the detriment of black people. Um, now, I would be very, um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't, uh, didn't communicate to you that uh, white America don't really give a fuck as a system about the inconvenience of black people in that situation. So it won't surprise me if that message is sent. But hopefully, hopefully that's not the message that gets sent. 
hopefully the message that gets sent is you cannot take the law into your own fucking hands. You did your job by calling the police. And I don't know why the fuck you thought this was going to happen. Another part of me says that <laughs> George Zimmerman killed a fucking kid and he got off. So I really don't know what hope there is for these guys to be convicted of it. But I think if they do get convicted of it, it'll just tell us a little bit more about our society that we didn't quite know. Um, that may be better for now, but not all the time. It's ridiculous, man. I don't really have a lot of fear about stuff like this because I'm not generally, I don't really emote to things like this. It don't really bother me. I call myself being in a, uh, just never being in a position to have shit like, shit like this go on, but um, I was walking the other day around the block, and as I came down across the block, and it was a little bend, man, the police car swerved around the curve so fast that if I was in the middle of the street, I felt like I might have got hit by him. Uh, and while I didn't like have any fear or feel no way about it, you know, functionally, I was thinking, damn, Hueytown Police, like if y'all would have hit me, this shit wouldn't have been in my favor. Them motherfucking wouldn't nothing have happened to those police officers. If they would have hit me, I just would have been a hit motherfucker that could have died depending on how severe my injuries were or I could have just you know been hurt like hell and somehow it would have been blamed on me now I used to tell people in order for in order for us to see in order for us to see how America treats somebody who is black and didn't do anything we a good person has to die I hate to say that a good person has to die, I, I, and I hate saying that. And Ahmad might be the one, you know. The reality is, um, I thought uh, both them Jean might be the one, or both them Gene, however you say his name. I thought he might be the one. He didn't have no record. He didn't have anything that was a problem, and the police officer still didn't go to jail. But then again, she was a police officer, so a police officer got this different level of protection than like regular citizens got, you know. Um, but I was always saying, you know, if if something happened to me. And they look back and say, well, he got a master's, uh, undergrad degree. He work in the community. He's a therapist. He work with kids. He's on this radio show. He's a part of Brother Let's Talk. He has his own counseling business. Like, I don't got no criminal record. I don't got no illegitimate kids. I ain't. Got, I mean, I got some old mug shots from my old days that I guess if they were trying to make me look bad, they can go up to uh, or go to my Facebook. And I got some peace signs that I throw up on my some of my pictures, so maybe they can say, you know, he's an um, a good person would have to die with no reason to have died for that to be the case. And maybe Ahmad was a good enough person. Maybe he don't have that record. Maybe he don't have anything. Maybe these citizens are going to pay the price for um, killing somebody that our society, a white part of it, can't justify why he had to die. Uh, so I guess we'll see moving forward how that goes. Um, Let's see what else we got going on on my news stories. Um, North Carolina deputy sheriff, sheriff faces charges after leading armed white mob to black teens home. So for some reason, uh, a high school kid was confronted by a detention officer and a whole armed mob at his doorstep because they had mistaken him for some fucking body else. And they bought a whole... They like Emmett Till this situation. They Black Wall Street this situation. You know, Black Wall Street, they was just going in black folks' home and dragging their ass out and saying, we're going to kill your ass if you don't get out of here and don't come fuck back. So the people who survived had an opportunity to leave but was didn't come back because their whole fucking city got burnt the fuck down. 
And so this is one of them things where I was talking about, you know, when one of these things happen, all of them start popping up. Like if Ahmad wouldn't have died, we probably wouldn't know about that story, you know, because for some reason it's just, it becomes the feedback loop. It becomes everybody searching black people that died or shooting that happened. Or, and so all of these different stories start circulating and the news groups that participate get more money and more views when they got stuff that's circulating that's similar to what's going on. Um, yeah, I got an article up about Candace Owens talking shit about Ahmad. Yeah, we can skip that one because I talked a little bit about that. Candace Owens, man, it's like it's like what I what I said about Stacey Dash. Like she don't look like she could possibly look good. She could possibly be attractive, but like as soon as she open her mouth and start talking about anti-black shit, her eyes just get further apart on her head because they fall fucking apart. Them eyes ain't trying to see each other. If they trying to see all the other shit in the world, they definitely ain't goddamn trying to see each other. And she just don't look good because the shit that come out of her mouth make me want to see her as ugly. You know, that's the bullshit. Like, that's how attraction work, too. It's crazy because, like, you know, when you love, love somebody, like, like somebody, they just, be, any flaws you ever saw in them before, that shit go away. You know what I'm saying? That's all that's, list, that's left. Um... The next thing that I wanted to talk about was Takashi goddamn 6'9". Now, I, if I would have put money on what was going to happen with Takashi 6'9", I definitely wouldn't have put money on him getting out and being as successful or more successful than he was when he before he went to jail, considering that he participated in a whole bunch of street shit. Now, that don't mean he ain't out of it, but his 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 feeds have broken records. His YouTube video has broken the record for the highest debuted, uh, watched YouTube hip-hop video, de debut video since um, Eminem's Machine Gun Kelly diss. Um, and then he broke the record for Instagram stream. Um, I don't know what the specific context of breaking that stream, um, like if it was a specific hip-hop artist stream break, but two million people watch that shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think maybe Jill Scott and Erica Badu might have got up to that high. But he definitely did. And I, I just would not have predicted that he was going to get out here and be balling. And 50 Cent predicted it. 50 Cent said, yeah, he is. He faking the funk. He out here. But it just won't surprise me if his life is being plotted on. It's just not going to surprise me if 6 9 end up dead at some point. You know, and I don't know if the if it's the responsibility. Like and when it comes to street shit, street culture, I don't know if it's um, it's anybody who feel like he just ain't living the life right. It's responsibility to kill him, or if if it's only the Trey Nines that can do something to him. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe everybody else just stop fooling with him who have that part of the culture. But maybe Trey Nine is not gonna. Maybe they the only ones that can do something, and so he ain't got to worry as long as he protected from them. I don't know. Um, but he better start, he better start investing his money in some shit, investing money in his children, um, putting away, uh, CDs and all kind of investments and money that can grow and build on itself because I don't think he gonna live long. If he do, man, it's gonna surprise me. Uh, it's really shocking that, so speaking of hood shit, man, I fucked around and came across Crunchy Black's interview on Vlad TV and I don't like Vlad himself I just like some of the people he get access to to have like these stories that they tell 
that you wouldn't hear anywhere else unless you're listening to it on, on Vlad TV. First off, Crunchy Black kept calling him Glad. <laughs> he wasn't calling him Vlad. But man, you learn in his interview that he is a hood-ass nigga. Will always be a hood-ass nigga. Gonna die a hood-ass nigga. And then they had a little little flashback where it had DJ Paul being like, did, did Crunchy Black getting shot change him? He was like, nah, man, that's, he a hood nigga. That's how he is. And they was like, is he the is he the you know worst one in the group? He said, no, nah, he ain't the worst one. But you gotta understand, Crunchy just the way Crunchy is. You know, he he out for survival. He said that Crunchy Crunchy might, um, what Crunchy might do is that we'll have a big bag of weed in the other room, and we'll leave and go into the other room, and we'll come back out, and the weed and Crunchy gone. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, Crunchy Crunchy just live off of that survival mode. You just gotta watch him type situation. But you know. Just hearing stories about that hood shit, like he he couldn't do this shit. Like Takashi wouldn't be able to do this shit to a nigga like to uh, like Crunchy Black. And I'm just thinking like it gotta be some some cat amongst the Trey Nines that's like that that is not finna let this shit ride because what is it gonna look like for the Trey Nines to be betrayed by Six Nine um, and still be successful and make all kinds of money? Somebody in that group feel like. He owed them something. And he may. He participated in some shit that helped him get on top. And he became a part of that lifestyle. And he betrayed that lifestyle. He used that lifestyle, milked the shit out of it, and got what he could out of it. And then turned back into old Daniel looking ass nigga. And then after that, he came back out as Takashi 69. This shit ain't gonna go well for him. I don't wish death upon anybody, but if I had to predict what would happen, um, I would probably predict that he ain't going to survive for very long. Um, what else about my Armberry? Um, I guess the last thing I'm going to talk about before I call it, uh, call it is that uh, <laughs> President Mike Pence's aide tests positive for coronavirus. Man, it would be some level of just desserts for the Trump administration to lose some people to the coronavirus. Oh man, it would be. Um, but it, it wouldn't be a good thing for America. So I don't want that to happen because um, right now at this point, all other countries believe have to believe that they need to do is just convince, you know, just spread some kind of uh, airborne pathogen amongst our country and watch that shit burn. That's all they got to do. That's all they got to do. And we have a level of privilege in our country to look at the coronavirus and say, well, it ain't shit. We need to open up anyway, because if the coronavirus was that you walk outside and you melt like the fucking Wicked Witch of the West, then motherfuckers wouldn't be on that shit. It's just we got a society that motherfuckers don't believe in science, and when you can't see shit, you don't respond to it. You don't respect it. Same thing we do with mental health. We don't see it, so we don't respect it. You know, we respect physical ailments because we can see them, but we don't respect shit like mental health, and we don't respect shit like coronavirus because numbers and data and science and shit, people don't know how to explain that. And so they be looking for shit like 5G and government conspiracies and all kind of shit to explain why this is going on. And um, and that's wild. And the last thing I'm going to end on is uh, there is a documentary that came out named Plandemic. And Plandemic was basically a whole documentary highlighting how Anthony Fauci is, you know, at the top of this big cover up for coronavirus and he was at this big cover up with AIDS and how this lady who was on there, I can't remember her name now, was like the pioneer of trying to uncover this stuff and how she's been unfairly incarcerated. You know, 
conspiracy theories are what they are, and the people who believe them are gonna believe them. And yeah, I mean, I, I, there's some questions to be asked about a lot of this stuff. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, even if it was made in a lab, even if um, they're making a big deal out of it, even if they're blowing it out of proportion, the fact of the matter is that it's still here causing us fucking turmoil. You know, I, I saw a post that said, it's not a virus, it's a weapon. And I said, weapons, viruses have been used as weapons. So what about it being a weapon make it not a virus? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you hearing yourself right now? And the reality is that I don't think a lot of people are hearing themselves when it comes to this shit because, you know, they want to believe the bullshit, I guess. Anyway, that being said, um, sorry Red couldn't finish the podcast with us. She's not going to listen to this, but it is what it is. And uh, we will be back with y'all next week. And until we come to the next conversation, be out. Holla at your boy. Thank you.